Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Thank you for that introduction. I am glad that you've taken time out of your day to download this podcast and to listen to us. I know there are many other options out there, but you have chosen us, and we are blessed. Again, I would like to encourage you to go to our website. We work very hard to try to keep that going. We have volunteers to help us with that, and I am so thankful for that gentleman who does help us. We I pray that God would really bless him for his efforts. We're going to talk to something here today. I think it is very important. I recall being around a congregation that was extremely elderly. There was no young people in it. And sadly, uh, the preacher there at the time, he uh, preached nothing but baptism, and that's okay. Uh, baptism is a very important subject. However, all these people have been baptized, and so now what? And they really could never really answer that question. And we're going to get into this just a little bit. I'm not going to tell you who, what, or where this person is or what congregation. And so I want you, as my listeners, to have assurance. You can have assurance that you are saved. You can have the assurance that you're going to be with Jesus for eternity. That does not take away the fact that we sin, that we do have problems on this earth as Christians, and that we need to repent. Uh, Does it mean that we do not need to ask God for forgiveness? And we're, we're just bound in this flesh. And I'll be honest about it. I will be glad some morning when I wake up in the arms of Jesus and I don't have this sinful flesh surrounding me, and so that my soul could really be free with him. And so we're going to talk about this, that you can know that you really do have eternal life. There is assurance. And I think uh, we can go overboard one way or the other. Uh, Some congregations, all they preach about is love. And again, love is a biblical topic. Nothing wrong with that. But I really try very hard to press the issue here on this podcast, that we do everything that we can to preach from Genesis 1-1 to the word Amen at the end of your Bible of the New Testament, right before the maps in your book. In fact, we've even tried to teach maps occasionally here. So I want you to please grab a Bible and follow along. We will be in 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, and we will do that here in just a moment. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations are not financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we would be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website, biblicalquestion.com. Would you be in a prayful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for cheerfully helping us tell a worldwide audience about the Word of God. 
We're back here. First John chapter 5, starting in verse 11. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who was, has the Son, has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. Verse 13. The things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. That's the New American Standard update. In his book, Robert Shank writes, and tells of a successful businessman of Kansas City who was a, a devout Christian. He was greeted by his banker uh, with the question, What do you know for sure, Pete? And he immediately replied, I know the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. I am a child of God by faith, and I'm on my way to heaven. Surprised and impressed, the banker said, Wait a minute. Come into my office. I want to talk to you. The man had the exciting experience of talking at length to his banker concerning the grace of God and the glorious things he has provided for all of us who believe and trust in Him. There really is very little we as humans crave more than certainty. We don't like the uncertain things. We want to be certain about our health. We want to know that the car that we're making payments on is dependable, uh, can get us to and from work, to and from the doctor, and so on get the kids around to school and soccer practice. We want to know that we can pay our bills and that perhaps someday we can retire. We want to know we are forgiven for our sins and we want to make certain of eternal life. And I think that's why so many people dig into so many religions around the world, searching for that answer. And sadly, so many people, even from within the Christian circles, are doing just this. They, they really just think and believe, for whatever reasons, I don't know, that they have to find answers outside of the Bible. There are very few who are certain if you ask this question. Are you saved? And many people won't know what you're talking about. Perhaps others would say, ask this at church. Others might say, uh, I hope so. I guess I am. I don't know. I went to church as a kid. I done been there, done, done that. I've had that. That's a quote. Some follow this very dangerous practice of relying on feelings. And there's one thing about feelings. Feelings change 
for whatever reasons around us, things that affect us, people say things, things that happen at work, school, doctors, uh, marriages, whatever. It doesn't matter. Feelings change. But knowledge and the truth of that, it doesn't change. The truth will always be the truth. And I recall my father years ago telling me they can take away a lot of things from you. They can take away your house, your car, your job, your spouse, your children, and he goes on and on. But one thing they can never take away is your knowledge. And the knowledge and the truth never go away. And I have never really forgotten that he has taught me that as a young boy. Some people will say, we can't be sure of our salvation because we do not know the future. And again, that's not quite true. If it's not complete truth, it's a lie. I can reasonably predict what the future holds for you and me. I'll get up tomorrow morning, I'll have some coffee, have a little bit of breakfast, do my normal activities. It's highly unlikely that uh, I'm going to go rob a bank. Highly unlikely I would take somebody's life. Extremely unlikely I'm going to convert to Islam or Mormonism. I probably won't curse God, and it's doubtful that I'll win the lottery. Unless you're going to give me the winning ticket. Technically, I suppose we really don't absolutely know the future, but that's really not the issue. Here's the issue. Am I saved now? And can I have reasonable assurance of eternal life? I want to assure you, you can. John the Apostle states this for his reason for writing his epistle, epistle, excuse me, in chapter 5, verse 13. We just read it. He gives us seven tests by which we can assure our hearts before God. And the first one is, do you believe, if you go through this text again, do you believe Jesus Christ is God's Son, and are you trusting Him for your salvation? Because Jesus makes it very clear He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through Him. He is the only way. There is no other way, despite what other groups of people might tell you in the church or outside of the church. It doesn't matter. Jesus is the only way. We must have this firm faith that he is God's son. And if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. Again, there is no other name under heaven that has the power to save my soul or your soul. None. 
It is this faith that overcomes the world and gives us this second birth into eternal life. But be careful. To confess this faith is not just some kind of passive expression or mental assessment. Okay? It involves a serious conviction if it's going to mean anything at all. We must be willing to live according to our faith, and that faith does not change our lives. It is no faith at all. I mean, think about this. James, the half-brother of Jesus, he writes in his epistle, James chapter 2, verse 19, You believe that there is one God? Good. Even demons believe that and shudder. In John's day, such a confession, confession might endanger one's life. In many lands today, many listeners today, that is very true. Hebrews chapter 5, verse, verse 8 says, Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Jesus told to the Jewish leaders that they could become his disciples if they would just hold to his teaching. That's in John 8, 31. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you really are my disciples. Anybody can claim to be a Christian. I think there's a lot of churches around that are country clubs. And I really mean that. They really are truly not disciples of, of Jesus. They, they live any kind of lifestyle that they want. They say, well, God has to forgive me. I said a prayer. I was baptized. I went to church as a child. I'm saved. That, that's really dangerous territory. It is a lifelong walk. And that doesn't mean that I don't have issues and problems, because I do, and so do you. The difference is we acknowledge those things before God, and we pray about it, and we ask for help, and we ask for forgiveness. Because it is only by His power, by His protection, by His words, by His Spirit, can anything be accomplished in my life. If anyone would keep his word, he would not see death. That's in John 8, 51. Are you keeping his commandments? John, uh, 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 5. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. Verse 5, but if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we are in him. If we, we are liars if we claim to know Jesus, but we do not obey him. You know, I, I know people in authority who, who will claim on one but that they are a Christian and the other side, they would abuse that power to hurt people, to bring people down. 
to manipulate them. Love for Jesus is demonstrated by obedience. If we love Jesus, we will obey him. Then he will love us, and the Father will love us, and abide with us. We will have this relationship. There's a difference. I've used this example in past podcasts. Everybody knows who the King of England is. Everybody knows who the President of the United States is. Do those two people know everybody in the world? Absolutely not. And that says, to me, there's no relationship. If we love someone, we will do what he asks. We will obey him. And we will have a relationship with him. He will know us. Those who do not love Jesus, who don't obey him because they follow their own desires of the flesh. If we love someone, we will do what he asks. Many Christians will will show no evidence of love for Jesus. Talk is cheap, as the old saying goes. Do you follow the example of Jesus? Again, he he set an example for us. He calls us to, to imitate his integrity. To be faithful to God. 1 John 2.6 says, Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. He is our Savior. He must be our example. Being a disciple or a follower of Jesus means that more than just learning about him, that that's definitely involved. But there's also this idea of a commitment to follow his example. You know, there's that old WWJD. I mean, I remember years ago that was real popular. What would Jesus do? And, and, and it's okay that it is a proper test of behavior. Again, Jesus in, in John chapter 8, verse 12, claimed to be the light of the world. Here it is. When Jesus spoke again to the people, I said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Followers of Jesus will not walk in darkness of sin and guilt, but will have the light of life. We can't live in the dark. We need light to find our way. Grow our food and, you know, and we nourish our bodies and our minds, but what do we do for our souls? Jesus provides that light for the spirit of man, and the Son provides it for our bodies. Do you love the Father and not the world? Cravings of a sinful man, the desire to indulge in flesh through sex, Food, drugs, alcohol. There's many other things that are moted by the flesh. Lust of the eyes. Oh, look how nice that person's bigger home has a prettier wife hanging on his arm. Uh, He has a, a high expense account. Boasting of what he has and what he does. And I'm sure we've all met these type of people who are so full of themselves, you can never get a word in. 
again, the apostle points out the weakness and the error with these things. They are not of the Father. They cannot bring us any closer to God nor help us please Him. In fact, they're really from the devil. They will not last past this life. Only what's done for God will last. They will interfere with the doing of God's will and and the gaining of eternal life. The question is, do you habitually, continually practice righteousness rather than sin? Do you do that in private, or do you do it in public, or do you do it both? Uh, Are you only acting that way in church, or do you act that way at work? Righteousness is a trait that is inherited from God. Genetics is a developed science. I mean, we can predict the color of animals' coats and eyes, its size, its ability to run, its intelligence, and so on. With humans, physical and mental traits are really not so predictable. Its research is always going on, and ethics is a serious issue. One thing that is predicted, if you're born of God, you will not habitually sin. That mean that you won't sin, you just habitually will not. I mean, look at the converts in Ephesus. They, they radically break with sin when they became Christ followers. And study those folks in Acts chapter 19, 18 and 19. See, they recognized their sinful practices were from the devil and not from God, and they were willing to pay the price, and they give up their sin. 1 John 3, verses 8 and 10 says, The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Verse 9. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know we are children of God and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. That's the NIV. Do you love other Christians? I knew a man once who who said there was no one in church I have anything in common with. What he meant was that he was the only business owner in the congregation. Evidently, he had not much love for the Lord. He was very worldly. Love does not save us. It is evidence of salvation. And if we love the Lord, we will and we must love his children. We love because God loves us. 1 John 4, 
verse 11 says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Does it mean we can select who we love and don't love? We must love one another. Are we willing to share and to meet the brother's needs? So many things in church that we overlook. Do we have a a conscious awareness of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? The, The indwelling and the comfort of the Spirit of God, that great blessing given to those who truly love and trust Jesus. He strengthens, he intercedes, and he seals the Christian. We are told our bodies are uh, the temple of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians. But we must be careful about relying on our feelings as evidence of the Spirit's presence. The Bible warns us against both deceiving spirits and self-deception. Those who rely on feelings are really easy prey for the devil because feelings can be manipulated. People can take advantage of feelings. Feelings can be depressed. They can be exploited. They can change. If we don't show the evidence of salvation, then it is fair to assume the Spirit living in us is not God's Spirit. Do you trust in Jesus? Do you trust that He is the only way? That He is the truth? That He sent the Holy Spirit? That we have His words written on this uh, paper that we call the Bible? Do you believe that the absolute truth is the Word of God and nothing else. Do you have this evidence of assurance in your life? I certainly hope and pray that you do. I would love to be able to help you if it would be at all possible. I cannot make promises on a worldwide broadcast such as this, but I would do my best. If you email us, please put something in the subject line. It's going to grab... My attention as I go through all those emails, we get so much, I get so much junk. And it would really help that I would not miss your email. That's important to me. And obviously it was important for you to be able to send. I want to really thank you for listening. I certainly hope and pray that uh, all would be well with you and your family wherever it is that you worship, that they are worshiping in spirit and in truth, that they are teaching the complete Word of God to make you a complete Christian follower of God. Again, thank you for listening. I know you had so many other options, but you chose to listen to this podcast. So I certainly am honored and blessed. May God bless you, and may He always have the glory. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. 
all one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.